0: Host Kendra Winchester, and this is Read Appalachia, a podcast celebrating Appalachian literature and writing. This is episode twenty, which is in fact the first episode of Poetry Corner for twenty twenty four. Today, I'm joined by Up from Some Dirt. Uh, welcome to the podcast.
1: Uh, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Just start by having you introduce yourself and share whatever you would like with listeners.
1: My government name is Ronald Davis, uh, and I say that for uh, the state of Kentucky, since they refuse to acknowledge me. As up from some dirt, uh, but I've been up from some dirt uh, from for twenty-five years or so uh, as an artist, mostly online uh, through various poetry uh, message boards that used to exist ages ago. Uh, as a visual artist. I'm up from some dirt, Um, but here, especially in Lexington, uh, I'm known as Ronald Davis or Crystal Wilkinson's husband. Um, I've been living here in Lexington for about 17 years when me and Chris first got together. She pulled me away from Louisville, and uh, I will never be a wildcat. I'm sorry, y'all. Louisville forever, but uh, I'm here now.
0: Well, we're here today to talk about your poetry collection. Um, The second stop is Jupiter, and it is a gorgeous collection. It's speculative. It's there's there's like love poetry in it. There's a little bit of everything. So when you went to write this story, what really drew you to poetry as the medium for um, I don't know, it's just like an epic, an epic story and told in a beautiful way.
1: Thank you. I, I'm all over the place in my, in my writing. I, I'll admit that. Um, but this and my previous two collections, uh, deifying the total darkness and, uh, to, we met till, uh, and the majority of the poems in this were all kind of written around the same time, Within within the past 20 years. And when I first saw publication, I, I sent about 900 pages poems to my original publisher. He uh, had read the chapbook I had put out, and he was interested in my work. And he asked if I had any more, so I sent these huge file, just not understanding, you know, how publishing worked. But how I was under the assumption that, you know, just pick the poems that you like and publish whatever you like. So that was about 2016, and I didn't hear from back from him for about two years. You know, because who's going to read 900 pages of poems? So uh, by then, someone else wanted to publish uh, work from that collection. They were like, oh, it just had to be your best work. Uh, so I went back and called, got contacted, the original publisher, it uh, brought some books. Got permission to take poems that sent them away and use them elsewhere. He was okay with that. That became my first collection. Uh, then I whittled that, what was re- what left, uh, the poems that were left, and that became my second collection that Broadstone did eventually publish, and what was kind of left of that material, uh, forms about half of uh, of this collection, this new collection. So I kind of look at these as like, if not one book, then definitely uh, a trilogy or a triptych. Maybe this one is the most speculative of the three, uh, or you know has a lot of mythology or fantasy or fairy tale, you know, throughout.
0: Well, um, I guess it's time to jump into some poetry. So I'll just give you um, the floor. Um, And you can read whatever you like. You can describe inspiration, whatever you'd like. And I'll just sit back and listen.
1: This first poem, I I think it's the first poem in the collection. I think it sums up uh, everything about me going into this book and who I was as a child, what my aspirations were as a child. It it deals with how absorbed all of us are as children with fantasy and mythology and how we're all no different, you know, good or bad, whatever your politics are. I think we all grew up playing, you know, wizards and, you know, knights in shining armor or, you know, cowboys and, Quote unquote, you know, cowboys and Indians uh, as a child. I know that's not correct. Uh, but we all played these things. We ninjas. You know, every culture has something that we all pretended to be, you know, uh, across the globe. You know, everything except uh, the, there aren't any African heroes that we pretend to be. No, there's no African warriors. There's no African witches or princesses or. You know that that entered into our childhood as kids It was all you know these Western concepts of of heroism. Now we all play these things. We all identify these because we live in the West. You know we live in America. Uh, we grew up wanting to be Lone Ranger or you know whatever it might be Superman. And it's not until I think for Black children you know you get to, you reach the age of ten or twelve traditionally. That's when the world starts to tell you, well, you don't look like Superman, or, or you can never be, you know, you know, King Arthur. You, you don't fit the, the build for it. So then, you know, I, identity politics start to come in. You're made aware of these things as a child. To blame it on CRT or something like that in this day and age is ridiculous because, child, you know, black children are introduced to these concepts of differences. In our childhood, it has nothing to do with uh, adults trying to mold us into uh, troublemakers or whatever it is that they they believe us to be by trying to understand our identity. Society introduces these concepts, uh, this this difference to us as kids. And uh, until we remove that, there's always going to be this back and forth between subcultures or countercultures and and what's mainstream. And this poem kind of addresses that. The hero with an African face. For Dwayne Jones, John Boyega, Captain Benjamin Sisko, and Tarleton from Earth Colonization. Chapter one. In the basin of his helmet, the black astronaut skull grows a garden. As a child, I slayed the dragon, dashed through all the flames to kill the witch, ending a curse, freeing the village. As a child, I saved every damsel, dairymaid or royal, was gifted keepsakes by their kings. Every possession kindly offered, their coins, their crowns, their daughters pledged their hands to me, their champion knight, and every narrative I deeply knelt. I ousted aliens as a child, riding comets bareback through cosmic alleys, the only astronaut who could. Until dangers were thwarted and, such the, and for such theatrics, the earth thickened with ticker tape beneath my feet. Making moonscapes of Main Street and at command to my side, flooded a throng of starlets, gifting keys to the city. We cruise Broadway in glass carriages and ragtop caddies, from downtown to the park, past cheering throngs and their cameras, reporters ran through their mares, raising inquisitive hands, as I recounted each deed. The sun soft and slipshod, above my shoulders. The Venusians thought weeds of us, but we resist annihilation. What fine regalia are inalienable black joy. But in real life, I was a small, tender child, a sweet black child with gerrymandered precocity, not free to be the exemplar, just another black agitator. My soul, whatever that was, molded into shape by commodifying media and this monopolizing imagination. I was told my kind had the most of it, this soul, that I should face it that I should take this once-in-a-lifetime adulation and nurture it on gridirons and hardwood sponsored by Wilson and Adidas, but in real life, black soul is was just a construct of white guilt, for I was born not a soul but a living body. Chapter 2. My Dark Heart is Centripetal, Not Centripetal Melanin and Abundance or its Lack Weaponized into political meaning, this pollution of some so-called empowerment as foundation for my existence, this plantation for black activism where non-compliance is grown for white academy and its capitalism where the theater of diversion is sold as the progressive stance. Whiteness with its tactical paternalism, the idol worshiping of idle hands branded as patriotism for all black people. An arbalest made of empathy and their periodic table of black mythical semen and the mystical black hymen. Just seasoning and athleticism and crooning all conflated this black natural spirit. Chapter 3. In 2021, a launch probe circles the sun to measure its breath to touch its hem. But what we thrum isn't a drum roll for the spiritual. It's only us. Fed up and sad as fuck at what you've done or didn't. My salt lick of language is kryptonite. The round ass of my history defying assumptions of gravity. My lungs, at maximum capacity of sadness, isn't the echelon of soul. It's just the edification of oppression, an unasked for forgiveness that stifles humanity. But I never yearned to hunger you, never hankered, yielding to the talk pale automaton of Western mythology. You see, I've come to euthanize the, the Hydra. I never had the desire to tame or pet name it, because here, behind every grain of gold, there'll be monsters. Chapter 4. For much of its orbit, Pluto is closer to our sun than Neptune. Like every good child, I'm only here to kill the dragons. But will they perceive any old soul to sing that song? I, the beautiful bard, not your soul singing chattel. I would doubt that you harden my heart as pardon for your guilt. Black skin is no physical disfigurement, nor is it the iconographic emblem for painful endurances. Not like your renditions of me and my clean black hoodie, beneath which I am always the hero, have always been. The second poem is more uh, surreal, uh, more imaginative. Uh, I think it deals with the muses that call me into writing. It's called Abstract Africana. Dark poems wobble on axis, wander into next orbit. New world's purge eclipse preparing for launch tried to make the empire of horizon, all systems aglow. A goon we have liftoff. But what is a maiden voyage to a stolen people? Last night I tore off my head and from its sable pelt poured the thousand poems. A beautiful discolored dialogue with its pages singed. My forehead ripped from its hinges. My inner voice is spinning in outer spaces like a million cosmic lampposts. Signaling Elegba's ancient analog, every hair on my disconnected head its own cathedral, calling into God's unkept lighthouse. The oscillation of the black bucolics, a southern filter with a touch of botulism, came these. This compost of neck bones, this ancient beacon, a concordance of insight, mapping tongue where inner lights softly refrained. A strobing into promise, a sloping away from silence. The cognitive concurrency of the soul and summit. My severed head, head serving as halfway house, for broken history. Becoming the globe around which my ngungung safely swoon. Looking to gild moons of my own, for within themselves. A home away from home where life and language are tethered as one. Where mouth and this very moment are infinite. Conjoined. From the black hole of a headless body, the booster rockets are falling away, and I'm sure I'm hearing roosters. Can you not hear them? I hear them, each and every one. When all is ready, I throw this switch. I'm what they call a gallologist, means one who wears pretense to parable. Sentence structure is my baton, twirling I and tossing vintage wisdoms high into the air, call like a wish behind the altar of head with a profu- profuse tunnel. I snatch science from the non-plus like a dead language, but I don't rely on hope. I'm a supplicant surgeon, and there is no mendicancy to this mysticism. I don't deal in lack of faith or lack in skill. I'm dope for real, player. Believe that. My portfolio, a new age mojo bag, a uh, kind of juju synthesis. And the headline on my nation's sack says Born under a bad move by profession. The apothecary of my lips, blue and grating. Contract is void if seal is broken. My sinuous slang slays a bull. Each poem pulls in the puddle of blood. A coagulated colloquialism, where breath is facsimile for afterbirth. There are calories in my excrement. My physical word, all ox tails and onyx, and there is infinity of neither dinkra in my bottom line. Poor is a white collar is a blue collared collar worker, is a black collarer, a barking hyacinth, and because my butterflies are prone to bite, my fabulism warrants a fine print caution black poet conjures on the closed course please don't try this shit at home yes I'll read one more uh, I know my poems are kind of long but I think it's important that the second part of this collection is, is divided up into three sections called four because there's a hidden section at the back <laughs> but primarily are three sections and the second section is my attempt at writing a fairy tale character based on everything imaginable from you know, Alice in Wonderland to Snow White to Cinderella. You know, all these fairy tales stories where uh, you, you have a young woman or child you know, going through something speculative or fantastical. So I've created this character called Farrah Garo, you know, just thinking about how supremacist culture, white supremacist culture has pretty much cultivated all the favorable words in language uh, and and some those words around whiteness or the privilege of, of whiteness. So you have words like fair, fairness uh, to describe beauty and complexion, uh, and it just dawned on me, why is, why can't the darkest of person be considered fair? Why does fair skin have to only solely mean, uh, whiteness? Why can you not be, you know, black? Why can it not refer to the a, a smoothest in complexion, regardless of your skin tone? So, uh, me naming my character fair with the alternate spelling is just me trying to say, well, anyone can be fair-skinned if your definition isn't limited to, um, you know, this Western concept of, or fair beauty means. So I have fair and then gabbro is a type of, uh, cloud or even, a uh, igneous rock formation made from lo- lava. So, you know, I have this combination of fairness and, this roughness of of terrain uh, in her name, and uh, you know, throughout these stories, I think there are thirty six poems of her in this very road suite uh, of various ages. She appears as a spirit in some, and some she's, you know, a teen, and others she's at the end of her life. So I think I should read at least one poem from this collection. And I'll read this one. Uh, it's a shorter poem in, in this collection. Uh, Trying to make up for the lengthy poems I've read so far in balance. Uh, Ferika Bro in the Land of Al Ife. And Al Ife is a play, of, uh, the Nigerian uh, origin stories uh il Ife is a is a city uh, in, uh, Yoruba, in, in, Nigeria, in Yoruba in Nigeria and the uh, Yoruba folktales and where the gods first came to earth and settled. Uh sorta of like heaven on earth. So I've corrupted that that term because I'm African American and and Africans in America we struggle to maintain the traditions that were lost to us through slavery. Uh where we were told to forget, you know, all our history and understanding of of ourselves and our conne- connection to the land. So uh so I touch upon that with with, with the title it's still instead of it being I L E dash I F E as it is in Yoruba uh I've spelled it Al-Iffy. I-F-F-Y. Fair Gabro in the land of Al-Iffy. After Curl's Alice. After Tuchuolo's Ghost. Shrink into sun. The blue sky slung in your kentengue gown. Feet to ass towards moon. Full stop at beach. Out of well boned door toward the sand. Its driftwood knob. Open portal if cursed and shadow hunted. If distraught and seeking shelter, stepping down into soft heavens, black oceanic palms. A calm wine tinkerer tinkering within the gourds. A bomb blam for the mad chatter from the dread blight of the sad hanks white hair. Escape the night as a queen of heart, making domino of constellations, weaving through nonplus Wonderland. Your saga of hexes, your cattle wall, a pillar of ghosts.
0: Well, those are beautiful. Um and I was following along in my my print edition as well. And uh before uh before we leave, I did, did want to ask you, are there any poetry recommendations that you would like to share with listeners?
1: Yes. One of the poets I'd like to recommend are uh, always, always Ishmael Reed. Uh, his works continue to be uh, biblical for me. His novel, uh, Mumbo Jumbo, uh, and his collections of various poems. Uh, my favorite poem is probably I'm a Cowboy in the Boat of raw. Uh it is just outlandish and mythical and down to earth. And I love that poem. So Ishmael Reed and Lucille Clifton, I highly recommend her. And uh, Saida Agostini is, uh, I guess I'm a contemporary poet, not the Ishmael Reed that's a contemporary, but he's almost 90 years old or so. So, I don't think we we don't venerate our elders uh like we should, so I think we tend to i don't think he gets the proper praise uh that other iconic uh poets get but but Agostini's uh let the dead in it deals with uh some speculative themes and fairy tale themes that statement I me and you know, I love that collection.
0: Well, I will make sure to link those in the show notes for folks to go find. Um, but, well, thank you again for coming on the show. It was lovely to have you.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that you be, uh inviting me. This is wonderful.
0: Okay, friends, that's our show. A heartfelt thank you to Up From Some Dirt for coming on the show today. You can find his social media links and website in the show notes. And like I mentioned earlier, you can find all the myriad of ways of supporting Read Appalachia on readappalachia.com. And you can find us across social media at Read Appalachia. And you can find me across social media at Katie Winchester. Make sure to join us the next time for our episode all about the cost of writing until then happy reading